Over recent weeks here at Central Hall, we've experienced the loss, the sad loss, of several members of our church. And some of our church community have also been bereaved through the death of loved ones in their own families. The reality of separation and bereavement comes to all of us at some time in our lives as we suffer first the loss of grandparents, then a bit later in life, our parents, and then sadly our partners and sometimes even our children, not to mention close friends along the way. We have all felt what the hymn writer called the pain of searing loss. Jesus seemed very aware of the reality of loss and bereavement when he addressed his disciples in what has become known as the farewell discourses. It's a collection of sayings and teachings of Jesus brought together in chapters 14 to 17 of John's Gospel. And running like a thread through these chapters are various themes, themes about going away and returning, about seeing and then not seeing, about the pain of separation and then the joy of coming together again. This whole section of the gospel begins at chapter 14 with words that will be familiar to many of you from funeral services. Do not let your hearts be troubled, says Jesus. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. The context of this whole body of teaching we call the farewell discourses is significant. John sets it at the last supper that Jesus ate with his disciples before he was betrayed, arrested, and then crucified. Jesus is here carefully preparing his followers for the pain and the sorrow of that coming tragedy. But he's also preparing them too for that time beyond his resurrection appearances, the time when they will no longer see him anymore because he has returned to his father. And so he reassures them, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. And how will he do this? He says, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This advocate, of course, is a reference to the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus that will come upon the followers of Jesus as we shall celebrate in two weeks' time on the day of Pentecost. The Greek word used here in John's Gospel and translated advocate is parakletos. It literally means one who comes or stands alongside. Hence our English word advocate as we think about a lawyer who stands beside a client in a courtroom and offers support, guidance and defence to the client. If we take 
that word out of its judicial setting, we might recognize how important and supportive it is for us to have someone alongside us when we are going through our times of painful loss and separation or through days of darkness or difficulty. Those who have been bereaved know how helpful and life-giving it is to have someone alongside them who will simply be there, someone who will listen when they're ready to express their pain and sorrow through words and feelings, someone who will offer support and help when it's appropriate. And that standing alongside becomes somehow all the more relevant and meaningful when the person who does come alongside is also someone who has experienced the pain of loss and separation or who has been through similar dark and difficult days. That's perhaps why different versions of the Bible translate this word parakletos in ways other than advocate. So we find some translations refer to it as counsellor or helper or comforter. The parakletos, Jesus tells his disciples, will be known to them because it is the spirit of Jesus who will come to them, who will abide in them and be with them. But that means that if disciples are to be comforted in their loss and grief and helped through painful stages of their journey of life, then they have to abide or remain in Jesus, stay in the Holy Spirit who comes to them. They must stay with Jesus, even though they may no longer be able to see Jesus as they did before. So I would say to any of you today who are going through a time of loss or bereavement, or for any of you who are here this morning who don't feel inside quite as sunny as the weather is outside, then this teaching of Jesus is for you too. You may feel that you're not very close to Jesus, but he's with you. So try and stay with Jesus Abide in him. And if you do, you will know the help, the comfort, and the peace of the parakletos, the spirit, the spirit of Jesus who stands alongside you at all times. But this spirit, this parakletos, is promised and given by Jesus not just when we're going through times of difficulty or, or loss, but the Spirit is given to be with the followers of Jesus at all times and in all circumstances. We need to think about this translation of the word parakletos as comforter. We can think about that in terms very readily of losing someone, of going through a time of bereavement or struggling with illness or pain or suffering because then we find that our faith is a great comfort to us 
it, it reassures us. It helps to build us up. But there's another meaning of this word comforter as well. In fact, its original meaning is more to do with strength and power and authority, coming from the Latin comforte, with strength. So the Holy Spirit comes not just to bring us comfort, to reassure us, to soothe us in times of loss or difficulty, but the Holy Spirit comes also to comfort us in the sense of giving us strength, filling us with power, and bestowing authority upon the disciples of Jesus. This is demonstrated in a reading that we had a few weeks ago that comes later in John's Gospel in chapter 20. There on the evening of the day of resurrection, Jesus appears to frighten disciples gathered together behind locked doors. After sharing with them his promised gift of peace in their fear and distress, he then goes on to give them a commission. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He is telling them to go, to go out into a needy and even a hostile world. And for this task, he breathes on them the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here, Jesus seems to be saying, stay but go. He comes and greets them with his peace and comforts them in their fear and in their distress and reassures them. But then at the same time, he breathes the Holy Spirit upon them and says, go. Now go into the world in spite of how you've been feeling. Go. And in my strength, let others know that I live. Staying with Jesus, abiding with Jesus, is essential if disciples are then to go in the strength and the power of the Spirit needed to fulfill Jesus' commission. And that truth comes across again very pointedly in the passage from John 15 we heard just now. There Jesus likens the relationship between himself and the disciples as a vine and its branches. Jesus urges his followers to abide in his love. In fact, he says it three times in as many verses to get the point across. But then, having said, abide in my love, he says, go. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So even frightened, bewildered, distressed disciples are reassured and comforted by Jesus, but then told to go, to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And the same is true with us too. Even if we're not going through difficult times or experiencing the loss of pain or bereavement, all of us as disciples of Jesus can feel fear and inadequacy in our discipleship. We're often reluctant, aren't we, to take our faith 
beyond the safe confines of the church to address our faith to other than similar like-minded people. And yet, the world beyond is sorely in need of hearing that good news, but is equally resistant or rejecting of it. We value the comfort of our faith in times of trouble, but we don't always readily appreciate the comfort in terms of the strength that the Spirit gives in being able to go out of our comfort zone, if you like, and proclaim the good news of the kingdom in word and deed. As a healing team here at Central Hall, we're starting to reflect on issues like this in the context of our own healing ministry. Quite recently, we have been challenged by a series of pictures given to us by God of the strength and the power that God wants to make available to us through the Holy Spirit. You know, in these matters, God's timing is always perfect. Because as you've probably read, the theme of our healing conference next Saturday is this. If only you knew what is available to you. And that theme wasn't chosen by me just recently. That theme was chosen by our speaker, John Ryland, many months ago. As a team, we're exploring in prayer how we need to rely much more on the Holy Spirit and much less upon ourselves. To recognize how we are being called to stay but go, to abide more prayerfully in Christ, but then, having prepared prayerfully in that way, to go, led by the Spirit, to bear much fruit, fruit that will last through the healing prayers that we share with others. One of the texts of Scripture that the Lord has given to us as a healing team in recent days is this. The kingdom of God depends not on talk, but on power. It's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. And you may think that that text is a very good reason for me to shut up now. But before I do, let me finish by saying this. What we as a healing team are hearing God saying to us, I don't believe is just about healing ministry in this church. I believe that what God is saying to us is a message that is meant for all of us as disciples of Jesus. We are all of us who claim to follow Jesus called to abide in Christ, to stay with him but also called and appointed by Jesus to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. That's why in these chapters in John's Gospel called the Farewell Discourses, Jesus lays so much emphasis not only on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, but also on disciples 
asking the Father for what they need. Let me just, in conclusion, draw your attention to the way in which our gospel reading began. It's there in your order of service. In chapter 14, it says, Very truly, I tell you, the words of Jesus here, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Pause just for you to take in the enormity of those words. They're some of the most mind-blowing words, I think, in the whole of the New Testament. What a statement Jesus says, that you and I will do greater works than Jesus has done. Come on, how is that possible? How can we do greater works than Jesus did? Because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit working in you and me and in countless millions of others. Whereas before, the Holy Spirit was working just through Jesus. You will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. And then what a promise Jesus makes to his followers. I will do whatever you ask in my name. That's not about selfish asking, of course. In my name means that our wills must be in line with the will of Jesus and the Father. But if we know the will of the Father, then we can with confidence ask for what we need to fulfill the ministry that Jesus has called us to, whatever that ministry may be. I will do whatever you ask in my name. And then he says, what a promise. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Do you and I really believe all that? Do you and I really take these words to heart? Or do we just glance over them thinking that Jesus was talking to his followers then? He isn't. He's talking to you and to me. Do we trust Jesus for what he's saying to us? Or do we just think, nah, can't mean that, surely. Can he? Do we trust him for what he says? And do we dare to take Jesus then at his word? Do we dare to say, Okay, Lord, I believe this, I accept this, 
and in my ministry, I will do it. I will follow it. I will take you at your word. So are we willing to stay but go? Are we willing to abide in Christ, to stay close to Christ, to trust Christ who comes to us in his spirit and stands alongside us? And trust him for that in order that then we may fulfill what he calls us to do, what he appoints us to do, to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last in the area of ministry to which he has called you and me. And my prayer for you and for myself this morning is that we will. And if we do, if we take Jesus at his word, if we trust him for what he says, if we follow this through, I believe we will see a movement of the Holy Spirit among us that will come truly to amaze us and astonish those to whom we minister here and beyond the walls of this church wherever Jesus has appointed us. Because it will not be us who will be doing that ministry, but it will be the Holy Spirit who will be working in and through us to glorify the Father through the Son. May you and may I heed these words of Jesus today. May we stay and abide in him, but may we also go and may we bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that will last. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray.